So what did Jesus come to do about our sin problem? Today on Life Talks, we're going to be in the second part of our series on hamartiology. It's our Theology 101 uh, series. I'm Ben. I'm the teaching pastor and lead pastor at Life Fellowship Church. I'm here with Josh, our producer. How are you doing today, Josh? I'm good. I'm looking forward to this All one. All right. So yesterday, or I'm sorry, the other day when we were recording, it was a lot of, we talked about the reality of sin. We talked about the, the origination of sin. We talked about, and then we talked about inherited guilt, inherited corruption. We talked about- Can we can we go back? Uh, I, I know you said you had questions. No, no, no. They know that we're recording this in the same day. That's true. So if we say, like, we're trying to, like, act like we recorded this two days ago, <laughs> I'm wearing the same thing. I know, we're you know what I mean? Thing. So I know. that yeah, might I come it. across yeah. the wrong way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Um, so, so Josh, I know we said you we left with you having some questions, yep. and I w- always like to ask like you to ha- ask some questions. So, based on what we've talked about so far, yeah, what are your thoughts? So, there's a thing you said toward the end that got me thinking because this is the kind of thing that we're talking about a lot in mm-hmm. like the pro life philosophy type mm-hmm. stuff, which mm-hmm. which which I do. So, you started talking about how you know, regardless of certain other things, murder is always wrong. Taking someone else's wife is always wrong. Mm-hmm. Lying is always wrong. And so, like, murder is like, I, I and instantly I'm thinking, okay, prima facie wrong, as philosophers would say, like, on its face, it's almost always wrong, but then yeah. there's gonna be like self defense things. Sure. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. So I know that. So, on the it's always wrong to lie thing, I'm wanting to know, do you believe it's always wrong to lie? Um, and the classic example, oh, of course, yes. is going to be if the Nazis knock on your door, yes. you're hiding Jews. Do totally. you say, is, 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 is it moral absolutism versus objective? Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're kind of getting the ethics here. What is sin? What isn't sin? Um, you know, there there are, you know, there, there, are, there are so many more brilliant people than me that can debate this. I am of the belief that uh, I will take the... Rahab argument and say, if Nazis mm. come to my door, yep. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to lie because the, yeah. the, a greater evil will be done. Yeah. And I think the greater evil of murder is, is, uh, justifies a, a lie to keep people from, e- yeah. you know, good people from evil yeah. consequences. So that's, yeah, that's There's different people would, would, would probably say that's actually not even sinning at that point. And it right. kind of depends on 100%. how you cast those things out. Yeah. So, and then, and then there's, the, then there's the hyper, uh, you know, sovereignty people that are like, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter. You know, God is sovereign. If yeah. God wants to have a light, lightning bolt come from heaven and, yep. you know, strike someone. Kill everyone. Kill, it's I mean, fine. Yeah. It's, but you never lie. You never. I mean, I, I know there's people out there that are that think like that and act like that, but I'm just. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times it might be because they haven't thought about those two things at the same time. Like, well, like when I think of the, there, there's a, the, the, the young woman who, who came out of Westboro Baptist Church oh, later yes. said this really interesting thing that I'd never heard someone explain. But she ended up saying, like, as she learned more about, you know, the other views than the one that she grew up in that tiny little cult in, in, mm-hmm. in Kansas, mm-hmm. she said, I figured out that I had internal contradictory beliefs. And the reason I had been able to have them was because I'd never been thinking about them both at the same time. And it's like, how oh, often yeah. is that happening? So there might be yeah. times where it's like, it might. So, so okay. So here's another. So d- total depravity. Yeah. You said something fascinating I'd never heard before. It's like this this idea that total maybe means something kind of more different than the what the word would make us yeah. think. Yeah. And so I'm wondering, 
is the phrase total depravity then that helpful? Would it be more helpful to have a, like an like an adjective like unavoidable or s- something like that? I mean, that? You, you can't spell tulip without total depravity. I know. <laughs> they can come up with another acronym though, Ben. And if you don't know what tulip is, hold on for a couple more episodes. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, yeah, there's probably Google a it. You know what? I, I'm, that's a good question. Does Is there a better term than total depravity? Because um, this confused me, apparently. I didn't realize what you had said. Yeah. I mean, maybe complete depravity? Does that, does, is that better? So I'm, so I'm thinking about the part where you were talking about how it's like, there's this, it's not that we're constantly, you know, the you know, worst you, of the you, worst. You know what it is? I think it, how, we, how we culturally use the word depraved mm. really gives us a sense of, this is like Hannibal Lecter stuff. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So I think many, I think as you and I both know, vocabulary changes over time. Yes, it does. And so depravity I probably was just a common term for you're a sinner. Yeah. That you're, you're a, you're, you are a full sinner. There's a, there's, there's nothing you can do to achieve righteousness. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that probably it's more of a reflection of where we are today with our usage of the word depraved as opposed to uh, so maybe maybe there is a sense of um better terminology that that doesn't convey the sense of you are just the worst human being on yeah. the face of this planet because I think culturally when I hear totally depraved if you if you're to share that with someone let's just say someone who's outside of the Christian context and you're to share with them Christian yeah. beliefs and say we believe that humanity's totally depraved right. they would be like what are you right. talking about? Right. Like I've, I've my atheist friends that volunteered at the soup kitchen. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. they would give you multiple examples exactly. of p- non, non-Christians doing righteous acts. Yeah. Yeah. So that's helpful to me. There, I saw myself like also in something that you said when you described how some Christians kind of feel like there's like, there's this sin list that mm-hmm. on like that they have their own list mm-hmm. of sins and that, you know, the cross is and the work of the cross is wiping that off. Do you think that the theology of penal substitutionary atonement is kind of part of why we often think that? And yes. if so is that a good thing? Or yeah, I mean, and I, and I think it's also, there's, there's a biblical component to that. Because if you think about, even that you go to the end of Revelation where there's the great white throne of judgment and mm-hmm. there's this sense of the books are opened and the books are every act of sin that has been committed, God records and, or, or your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Yeah. And so there is a sense of that sin account is gone for those who are under the blood of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I do think there's a sense of, of the uh, substitutionary atonement view. And again, we're going to get into atonement views in our soteriology Got it. series um, or subsection. We'll get there. Sweet. But, but I do think that there is a sense there that I, I guess I bring that up to say salvation is a, the, the issue of sin is a both and just like salvation is a both and. Yeah. I think many times growing up for me, I always thought, Jesus came to pay the penalty for all the bad things I did. Yeah. But what I didn't realize is Jesus came to do so much more than that. And he came to change who I was. Yeah. He came to change my very nature and, and to change my desires to, you know, the new creation idea yeah. within salvation. So to me, I think it's really important that um, we have a full, I remember that moment where it hit me like, oh, Jesus didn't just come to 
make sure that the bad things I did weren't held against me. He came to change the very nature of who I am. Hmm. That that was a pro, that was a profound moment in my understanding of the gospel. Wow! And I think I was like in college, wow. like I was at Bible college when I realized that's deep. Though, wow, I'm I'm. It's so much more than what because it was always you've done something wrong. Jesus came to take your yeah. punishment away from what you've done wrong. Yeah, and that is true. Yeah, but it's so much more than that. We should do an entire series on all the like Sunday school lessons that we were taught that maybe got us confused and going the wrong direction, <laughs> right? Because it's like we, we we get taught these simplistic ideas yeah. and then we kind of lean into that. So like the one that 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 I think of is like I can still remember the little Sunday school drawing thing that had you know here's us on this mountain end, and and then here's over here and God, then you've got the the cross the, the crosses the bridge, the the cross, bridge. Yeah. and so then I've talked to Christians who literally will actually defend the idea that every single sin is equally wrong. Mm. That that stealing a pencil is just as wrong as murdering someone else because I think because of that idea, because they're like, well, uh, every sin separates me from God, mm. so it's all equal. And I'm like, well, first of all, Jesus kind of said the opposite in front of Pilate, <laughs> so I don't know. You know, like, clearly, there's, yeah. some sins are worse than others, yes. and, and that would, but it's like, I wonder how many little things like that like people like us just get confused about, and yeah. if we just talk to someone like you, we would. Well, I mean, understand. I do think that there. I mean, like you said, it's helpful to read the Bible. I think. Mm. I think whatever we do, we need to make sure that we supplement whatever we're hearing from people. That, I mean, th- think about what Jesus said. It's 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 going to be worse for Bethsaida and Corzane, which are these two little tiny little villages in in um, Judea where he lived after his work there, and them rejecting him. It's going to be it's going to be worse on Judgment Day for Bethsaida and Chorazin than for Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm. That's like that's like saying it's going to be worse for Cornelius than Las Vegas on the right. Day of Judgment. Right. Like for us, we're like, whoa, 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 right. time right. out. <laughs> right. We've got a lot of churches. <laughs> we we are moral. We vote Republican in we're this upper class. We're upper we're class. Per- we've got, we've got clean. Money. You know, we yeah, don't have. A, I mean, we are not Las Vegas. And Jesus is like, no, it's going to be worse for you. Yeah. Why? It's because there. Because I think what Jesus was saying is, I'm here. You have the fullness of revelation right. right here in front of your eyes, and you're rejecting me. Right. Therefore, on Judgment Day, there's a worse there's a worse rebellion, there's a worse sin that you can commit because of the reality of Jesus in right. front of you. So, anyways, yep. yeah, I, I think what's if I could just I, before we yeah. kind of end this section, um, I think it's really fascinating to me. You and I are about the same age as I've seen how the world's messaging of sin and righteousness has changed over time. Hmm. I grew up in a, you know, the Gen X, which was very deconstruction of, of morality. Mm-hmm. Where any, anything that permeated Western Christian and uh, Judeo-Christian values was, yeah. was, you know, systematically attacked and dismantled. Yep. And so now what I'm seeing is with this rise of social Marxism is, we're seeing the rise of a secular righteousness mm-hmm. that is now, you know, before I, I go back to the the election of Clinton and Bush, and Bush is one of Bush's major pushes of his election was family values. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was a big thing. Nineteen ninety two, family yep. values, family values, and I yep. remember the 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 left being like, "What are you talking about? Family values? It's right. just so ridiculous. Morality doesn't matter." 
Um, don't no, don't make don't make politics about morality. But here we are, 2020 in 2024 next year and what's it going to be on the on the left what's the argument is going to be there's a there's a moral issue now their moral right. issues are completely opposite of a judeo christian worldview but they have dismantled the judeo christian framework of righteousness and sin and have created in itself a another framework of righteousness and sin based yes. on their worldview yes and so i think as christians we have to understand what has been transpiring here, what we call righteousness, some people will call sin. Yeah. That's that's a profound reality that we are walking into today yes. that makes it harder for us to even tell someone you're a sinner. Yes. Because your values of what the Bible teaches will they will look at you and say, You're sinning. Yes. They might not use the word sin. But they have a sense of morality that they are propagating. Yes. So, anyways, but of, but of course, when when even outsiders tell us that they think that we're sinning, we should at least examine, yes. like, because there are times when they are right and they're seeing a blind spot on us that yes. that's e- even if they're not a Christian. Yes. So it's like we do oh, that 100%, assessment, 100%. but sometimes for sure they're yeah. just coming from a completely yeah. different. I just I just think when we talk about the reality of sin, we have to remember that the authority of the revelation of God's word. And that's why we all go yeah. all the way back to the bibliology. Yeah. If you do not have that, you will create your own framework of something. Yeah. So, okay. Um, what we're going to talk about now is we got two more things to talk about in the last few mo- moments here. And that is in martiology, we have to understand that there are consequences for sin, hmm. that God must judge sin. We talked about this a little bit already. Um, but Psalm 50, verse 6, Romans 2, verse 16, Romans chapter 3, verse 6, this idea that God is a judge and he must judge sin. And um, that sin brings a curse. God pronounces the very beginning that that if you sin, there will be going to be consequences. We see um, it talks about in, in Romans chapter 8 that creation groans. We have we understand that that humanity is under the curse of sin, that that uh, Romans 6.23, that there is a sense of we deserve the wages of sin, which is death, which is separation from God, separation from each other. Um, and not only... So we have we have the 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 creative order has been cursed. We have the consequences of sin on our own humanity. That the harmony that we had with ourselves, with other human beings, um, with creation, and with God has all been broken. Hmm. And therefore, there is a breakdown when sin reigns. There's a breakdown in society. There's we see this in Judges. We see this in Romans chapter one, where there's this. Um, continued depravity of, you know, then God gave them over three times. God gave them over to their sins. God gave them over. God gave, why? Because when you go, when you continue down the road of sin, the consequences keep getting worse. And I think it's important to understand that God in his righteousness and his holiness has to judge sin. So there are consequences to sin. Um, not only are there present realities of that consequence, but there are eternal consequences, which is what we, what the Bible clearly teaches and what Jesus teaches, and that's there's a place called hell and the lake of fire. We will get into that in other another subsection of this Theology 101. Um, so we have the consequences of sin. I think it's really important that we understand that. But we also have Jesus overcoming the power of sin. Hmm. So all those consequences that we talked about— the, the, the reality of sin in our lives, our sin nature, our guilt, our corruption, the consequences that we've earned, the good news 
is that Jesus came to do something about our sin. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, that he became sin who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. I think it's a beautiful thing. Um, one of my favorite passages of scripture is Ephesians 1, where it talks about the reality of all the blessings we have in Christ. Uh, he begins chapter 2 of Ephesians saying that we were dead in our trespasses of sins, but but we were made alive together with him. So uh, no matter how bad sin is, one of the one of the great things about understanding reading the Bible, the biblical story, the biblical narrative, the reality of Jesus is that he came to overcome sin and to take away our sin. And okay. so those are the two main points I wanted to make today in our in our final episode about sin, but um that's what I got. Any questions on that in the last few moments? Um, I, I, could, I could make one observation, which is that, and, and you were kind of getting into this, but maybe to take it a step further. Mm -hmm. So around our time, we're growing up and moral relativism is this huge thing, mm -hmm. right? That's what you're talking mm -hmm. about. We're talking about like morality is being completely deconstructed. Yeah. And there's this really interesting thing going on right now that I think most Christians haven't yet caught on to because we've been talking about relativism so much for the last like 20 or 30 yeah. years, yeah, which yeah. is that young people aren't relativists so much anymore. Mm. That relativism has been dying a slow death for the last 10 years because yeah. it is such a foolish view. And I am very, you know, I, you know, I, 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 I'm very, um, you know, I don't want to be too judgmental on, on the other side. I think there's really, you know, uh, brilliant people on every side of every issue. But this is one of the few areas where basically every secular philosopher all abandoned an entire view and stopped defending it. Mm. That almost never happens. And yeah, so, yeah. so it's like at this point, we talk to young people and they're not usually relativists. They're, they usually are secular objectivists. They they believe yes, like us that there 100%. is an objective right and wrong. Yes. They're grounding it somewhere else. Right. But when Chris has come and expect, like we're going to be getting all those people saying that there's nothing that's wrong with the world. No, no, no. Young people really believe there's a yeah, lot there's, wrong with there's the There's like 25 and younger, the the relativist mindset has died. Yep. And now there is a there's a genuine right and wrong. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And what your what your foundation is for that right and wrong yep. is and, and that's why I think it's so interesting today, especially in the public schools, which have become such such indoctrination places for young people to mm -hmm. think uh, ideologically secular humanism in a way that in, in the social Marxism that says there, there are oppressors. You need to see the world through oppressors and oppressed mm -hmm. through, through, um, you know, through this power lens that there are whoever's in power has a sense that they're trying to keep you from something. And so they, there's a completely different worldview now that has been accepted by the majority of, of young people saying, um, yeah, this is what's right and this is what's wrong. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's no more, yeah, you do what's right for you and I'll do what's right for me. Yeah. N not, any, not anymore. I, don't, I just don't hear it that often. I've yeah. had those conversations. They're terrible. It's like the worst kinds of conversations to have on, yeah. on a campus outreach, but <laughs> I don't have them as much now. What common ground would you find with, with um, young people who are, you know, have basically basically been taught at least in university by this point to kind of see everything through a pressure and a press. Like what <clears throat> common ground do you have with them? And uh, well, I, th yeah. I think, so. I think the, at the fundamental level, you have to talk about what their source of authority is. Mm -hmm. 
And why is that source of authority better than my source of authority? Mm-hmm. Like, where I want to know, like, have you thought through the moral implications of your decisions? And one of the things that's important is you have to help people think through. So if we if we go down your path, here's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. For example, I um, my sons showed me this video. I can't remember what, if it was a reel or a TikTok or something, but they yeah. showed this guy who was walking around Manhattan and asking people to sign a petition for for Palestinians and 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 for Hamas. Like, and all these people were like, oh yeah, I'll sign that. And like before you sign it, you gotta agree to all these things. And it was all the things that Hamas agrees to, like like killing homosexuals and make you know abusing women, like all these things that Hamas is known to do and has had a history of doing. And it's like can you agree with all these things? And they're like, no, I'm not, I don't, I, there's no way I'm going to agree to this. And so then they won't sign. The whole point is you have all these people that are like, let's wave this, the, the Hamas flag and Palestinian flag. And, and, and then they, they realize, well, if you're going to say that you've got to agree to all these things that Hamas is for. And I mean, I'm not trying to get into geopolitical things, but I do think it's interesting that people will say something and then say, well, if that is your premise, yeah. then these are the implications of what your ideology will lead to. Are you okay with that? Yeah. And they might be, but at least they have to do the the homework of thinking through the end of their ideologies. And that's what young people do not do. Most of them have a, let's just, this idealism, if I believe this, this will create utopia. And it really doesn't. It never does. And so I think I that's, that's how I would respond to that. What about you? Well, I was asking about the common ground uh, that yeah. you have with, with 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 those. So, so I, I so like I would agree with with a lot of that. I think uh, I am when I look at things like the Me Too movement and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I see a lot of really true things that needed to come out. Mm-hmm. When I think of the Catholic Church and, mm-hmm. and a lot of those, mm-hmm. and not like it doesn't happen in Protestant churches yeah, either. But right. there's been a lot of uh, you know. We, we know a lot now about certain kinds of cover-ups yes. and things like that. And so it doesn't surprise me when people who are not who are not starting from kind of a Christian worldview are yes. just trying to figure out the world around yes. them. And then they see a lot of really difficult things that maybe we don't always see as much in Cornelius, but in, in certain other right, places. Right. It's not too weird to me that they end up thinking oppressor, oppressor, but then they take it so far that it's like, this is everything. This tells yeah. everything about morality, which... Yeah then it seems yeah. like it just goes too yeah. far. Yeah. So, hey, we we got through. We our, did. All right. So that's all That's all about sin. We're going to talk about soteriology, soteriology, the doctrine of salvation next time. And uh, thanks again for this, for joining us on this conversation of Life Talks. Think about, think about, um, you know, we didn't really talk about the reality of how we confront sin, but I think the, mm. the big thing I want you to understand is that as big as the consequences are of sin, Jesus came to do something about it. And that's mm. where we can find hope. We don't get stuck in homartiology in our lives. Our hope is that Christ came to make all things new. And so um, we're going to be looking at that next time in our series. Thank you so much for, for joining us on Life Talk. Send us a, an email. We'd love to hear from you. If you have questions, ideas for podcast uh, uh, topics, questions that maybe we talked about today, um, send it to lifetalks at lifecharlotte.com. Thanks again for joining us on Life Talks. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. 
We'd love to hear from you as well. So leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.